0: You're listening to the After the Show movie podcast from aschoolie.com. You can find this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, Google Play, YouTube, voice assistants, just say listen to After the Show movie podcast. And you can also find us on aschoolie.com where we post written reviews. With that out of the way, here are your hosts, Ace Scully and Sid Talk. Hello, world. Hello.
1: Is the whole world listening? I feel pressured now. I feel pressure. I have to stop. I have to stop. I'm having anxiety.
0: Well, at least half of the world are listening right now.
1: Wow. <laughs> well,
0: then I'm fine. Most people are indoors. That's only go- three
1: and a half billion people. I can take it.
0: Yeah, they're they're indoors. They've nothing to do. They're like, do we
1: really want to expose half of the world's population to my swearing? Because it's going to happen.
0: Is this going to be <laughs> just it? saying? Well, this please movie, don't be offended. This movie is a PG thirteen. Good for yeah. it. Does that mean this is not
1: the before the after the show discussion? By the way, this is just we're just starting. But there what I'm saying much... is,
0: this movie is a PG thirteen. Will this podcast be a PG thirteen?
1: Uh, possibly not. Okay. I mean, I don't know what you define as PG thirteen in the podcast world. Is it just the F word? Because it's going to happen. You mean before the after the show discussion was just a little bit of everything. We didn't really have one single thing. We kind of hopped around from. We were moaning at
0: people. um, Oh
1: yeah, some dickheads. Here we go with the PG thirteen thing. Okay.
0: There was hailstone and big (laughs) hailstorm this week in this area. Like golf ball size. size oh no! Eight. Some
1: people had tennis ball size. Yeah, we didn't. No, not. But it was only like two miles over.
0: So, um, that happened, and obviously, when that happens, people's cars and houses get damaged. So, this week we have had people from out of town inundated with coming into town and, you know, knocking on the door saying the it's a fixed hail damage, or they'll give you a free quote. And now, let been... me
1: interrupt you because just that alone. If this had happened a year ago, I would have almost the exact same response. Get the fuck away from my door. Now, with the world as it is, continue.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we've had the phone calls. We've had this morning a guy literally knocking on the door. He wasn't even
1: knocking. He's like pounded on the door.
0: Which, you know, during a quarantine type (laughs) scenario, knocking on the door and walking up to all the people's doors and knocking on the door is a really bad situation. It's rude. So we were talking about that before, after the show. Yeah. How irritating and annoying it is.
1: And we're not alone because we have a neighborhood group. And if you go on the group, you're going to find we've got some guy following them around and people got in the sheriff's office. So we're not alone in this frustration. What really frustrates me about it the most, those dudes are doing their job, right? So some company that's not here, but even that, the whole world is having the exact same situation right now. doesn't matter If you're from a different state, because these guys apparently are from out of state, as everyone likes to claim when someone's creeping around their neighborhood. But I mean, their bosses are probably giving them big incentives. Hey, guys, we're having a hard time right now. So if you just go ahead and knock on those doors, we'll give you this piece of paper to prove that you're vital essential. So if the cops stop you, then you have to show them this piece of paper. But I mean, it's not essential that you pound on everyone's doors, that you... Aren't, and they weren't, like, wearing anything. They weren't wearing a mask. I'm not saying masks are the savior of everything. I'm just saying they were making no precautions. And when I stepped out the door, once they were in the street, I said, hey, why are you knocking on our doors? I kind of have an attitude. And he's like, uh, we're jugging roofs. And I said, but you shouldn't be going up to people's houses without calling ahead. And he goes, uh, how are we supposed to know their phone numbers? And then the other guy greets him as they walk up the street. He goes, have a nice day. Real rude, like. And um,
0: we possibly do need our roof looking out, we'll <laughs> yeah. phone somebody ourselves. We have already
1: phoned someone, an actual reputable company, who will <laughs> come when he... See, the thing is, he's so busy, I'm sure, he will get to us when he can. So, yeah, it's just annoying. It's annoying anyway. Now, we weren't alive back in the door-to-door salesman era so much. I mean, yeah, I had a vacuum salesman now and then in my youth that would have been like the 80s and early 90s. Could. It's not a thing anymore, like, it's not appropriate. You might come to my door and quickly eyeball the inside of my house. I don't know if you're a criminal. Right? And I'm not even scared of anybody. I just think people who are vulnerable, you're right, you come in my house when you're not invited, I'll kick the shit out of you. But if you're Uh-oh. old, or you're, <laughs> I'm just saying, there's, a. I can do don't come in my house uninvited. But there are old people, there are sick people, there are afraid people. There are also people who are probably going crazy from being in their house alone. Someone knocks on the door, they might just talk to them, and you have no idea who this person is. It is not a reasonable thing to do in the 21st century, and it pisses me off.
0: Well, what I was about to say is you almost got through all that without swearing, but then you swore. Yes. That's (laughs) that's the end of that.
1: (laughs) Woo, the seal has been broken. We're good now.
0: So welcome to the R-rated after the show.
1: Which, none of that has anything to do with movies whatsoever, but it is what it is.
0: It's Saturday, April the 4th. This is after the show 628. The movie we're looking at this week is Dark Waters. It's a 2019 movie. It's out on Blu-ray digital now. Also DVD. It's rated PG-13. And our friends at Universal sent us over a copy for review. So, Sid Talk, you give us the synopsis of the movie, Dark Waters. Waters.
1: Hmm. It is a, you know, movie version of a true situation where a lawyer was introduced to some sick people in a place and pursued DuPont as the culprits for poisoning the water, the air, and just sort of the moment the when that, yeah, when that happened. Um, I mean, You can look up all the details. It's a real deal. This is just the sort of like a honed in version of it. Obviously, it's a Hollywood movie. So, not a documentary.
0: Alright, so that's Sid Talk's take. I will give you the one off the back of the box now. Inspired by a shocking true story, a tenacious attorney uncovers a dark secret that connects a growing number of unexplained deaths to one of the world's largest corporations. In the process, he risks everything, his future, his family, and his own life, to expose the truth. Anne Hathaway, Tim Robbins, and Bill Pullman also star in this gripping thriller.
1: No, that's not what I said, but it's fair. It's fairly restrained. So, um, were you aware of the real-life Dark I mean, Waters scandal? I was aware of something with DuPont at some point. This is how out of touch I have been in my you life. You saw the
0: movie Foxcatcher, right? Yeah. That was about the DuPont family.
1: Hmm. In a different way. <laughs> <laughs> um... Yeah, so I don't I remember something vaguely about Teflon, but I'll be honest, I didn't I don't remember the whole of it. So, I'm glad it's introduced it. We've done our research again, looked up the real story and
0: So, let me say, this movie is terrifying. <laughs> As it was unfolding and I was realizing, it kind of unfolds in this really interesting way, too. It's it slowly kind of reveals itself. And when it starts to reveal itself of the implications of what's happening—it actually applies to everybody. Like it, it, it's ridiculous, right? Absolutely. I mean, it focuses on this small town, but there's a there's a slide at the end of the movie that says, "What does it say?" Exactly, ninety nine percent
1: of all humans have this chemical, chemical. that was created, um, and it's I called- don't know. I mean, we have no.
0: The chemical is called a "forever" chemical because once it gets introduced into a human body, it never leaves.
1: It doesn't break down.
0: So, and and they say ninety nine percent of humans because this chemical is in your house. It's in a like anything that was Teflon, which includes not just
1: Teflon, but yeah, a lot of which stuff. Which includes
0: carpet treatments, which most treatment most carpets come with a Teflon covering on them, right?
1: I don't know about now, but I'm sure that was the thing for most of the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, also, pans. just remember, we haven't researched the validity of that claim. It just says it. I'm sure it wouldn't say it if you couldn't go prove it.
0: But. I went and
1: had a look. Okay.
0: Just after the movie. And it is, it's there's lots of legal documents that state it 100% as fact, uh, including scientific papers. So... It's terrifying when, if you look at it you'd be like, Oh my God, I'm going to die because of this. <laughs> and a lot of people did. Yeah. And it's a terrifying thing. So explain, you can explain it in loose. Like how, what happened with the,
1: with the story yeah, in this movie.
0: Yeah. Okay. With, yeah.
1: A farmer had noticed that his cows were starting to act fucked up. Well, there you go again. Um, Whoops. and dying unexpectedly. He got pissed off he videotaped himself doing things like cutting out their teeth and cutting out their organs after they died. He buried them on his land. He knew a lady in his town whose son was a big fancy lawyer in the bigger city nearby, which I think was Cincinnati. And um, so he just drove to Cincinnati, gave him the videotapes, and said, you got to do something. These people are killing us. Well, the problem is, DuPont, as with a lot of huge corporations and rural areas, and look this up too if you want to, What if you're rural... How this might affect you from some different company. Um, Monsanto being one of those that people have an issue with, I think sometimes, is that they basically own the town, right? They pay for the community center. They give the school the money. They put all the trash cans on the streets. They build the playgrounds. They give all the people the jobs almost, and that's why the town survives. And so this farmer going against DuPont, saying they're poisoning my cows, my water... Everyone turns on you. You are basically, you're the whistleblower, right, of the world, essentially, when you try to tell the world something's wrong. The people who live there, who also are being poisoned, by the way.
0: Yeah, everybody. And
1: probably everyone knows it on some level that there's something wrong here. They turn against you. The corporate people obviously are going to turn against you. The government is what it is. It's a bunch of people in different organizations. They can't just swoop down like a superhero and save everybody. The lawyers don't want to touch it because they don't want to get sued by DuPont or they get squashed. So this farmer guy, whoever he was, is really the, you know, the caveat of it all. And then this lawyer's like, eh, I feel something's wrong here. And then he pursues it and finds out through all of what I think is really funny. If it's really true, that when he asked for discovery to examine their paperwork the dupont corporation and their lawyers thought it would be i guess funny to send him an entire Everything. truck full of boxes and paper <laughs> thinking there's no way that law firm and that guy are going to go through every piece of paper the deal is this this guy he's somebody and i think i can identify with this personality trait he was going to look at every single piece of paper and he did And he made notes and he organized and he categorized all of it to where he saw patterns. And so they basically sent him all the evidence he needed to get the train rolling. And so I think that's fascinating, too, that they, this corporation didn't even have their own lockdown on all of their, you know, things they did wrong. And I, you know, this again, I understand big corporations who are making a lot of money. I believe in capitalism. I believe in free market. The market decides. I do not believe in intentionally causing harm because you can pay off a certain number of people while you're still making bazillions of dollars. That part, you can't get behind. And if you do, there's something wrong with you. But in a world where that company can get so huge that everyone's afraid of them, right? Right? You are at their mercy. And we have to think about, apply that to all kinds of big companies right now that you're thinking of during this whole lockdown situation. Who are we relying on now? Not the little mom and pop stores, because they're probably closed. The little cafes are closed. The little places are closed. The big places, McDonald's, Amazon, right? They're still open. (laughs) They're still available. And so at some point you become sort of like beholden to these big giant corporations for whatever we expect of them. And that's how I thought in this. Like, even if you were to blow the whistle on one of these big companies, you're just, you're going to get squashed like a bug, aren't you? So this whole story, like he said in the end of this story, what did he say? No one is going to protect us. Yeah. Only we can do it. And it gives you that feeling of like. That's reality. That's not conspiracy theory. That's not bullshit paranoia. That's the truth. I don't think that people in big companies want to kill you. But I think that you are a number. You're a faceless nobody. You end up on a spreadsheet where they go, well, if we do all of this, we're going to make this much money. And in the process, just like car companies and insurance companies, they figure out the number of acceptable losses Based on their own products, can we afford to have our faulty seatbelts kill 12,000 people? 7,000 people? While the rest of everybody's fine? Yes or no? I, I think that's how it works. So I don't think they're, I don't like to think, I don't believe in evil or anything, but when you're so separate from the public and from people and you can dehumanize it, what'd they say in the paperwork? They, the DuPont paperwork all referred to humans. And that
0: lawyer said, this is just evil.
1: Yeah. He said it was evil. They referred to humans, (laughs) including their employees as receptors, not even like people or population or employees. They referred to them as receptors. This part is true,
0: right? They, um, the DuPont company, they were wanted to test this thing.
1: Oh, that, oh my God. And this is
0: absolutely true. They put the, th- the thing in cigarettes and gave their employees free cigarettes to smoke.
1: And, and didn't then, tell them why. They laced the cigarettes with Teflon, the chemical. Yeah, with the
0: thing. The and CO- let them smoke
1: it and then die and then did the research on what the did to them. And the employees
0: started to die and then they went, oh. And then carried on using it. I think them.
1: they knew they would. That's what I'm saying. An acceptable, um amount of loss
0: I mean it's crazy that is crazy it's crazy like it'd be like you going to work and they, them saying yeah eat, eat these free uh, sandwiches they're really great and then you eat them all and then die and then they're like oh this tone, this new toner we're using is terrible <laughs>
1: like we lace the sandwich <laughs> vegetarian sandwich of course yeah. with this yeah, we have a giant printers for our it's exactly like that so like, if you breathe it or you eat it it's going to kill you but we really needed to hunker down and see exactly how we that just is we a can couple. joke about it but that's fucking real man
0: that's why this movie is terrifying <laughs> because
1: can it, a world can you exist as a huge corporation in the world of humans and not do damage knowingly do damage like who can exist without knowing they're harming people and still become a mega corporation? Like, is that even possible?
0: It is crazy that that it allow you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know, only a few people are in on it and people like, you know. I don't know, DuPont, in this in this movie, did it seem to you like they were trying to hide it because the papers actually mentioned it all? Um I don't know if they were trying to hide it. They were just like...
1: It sounded like he read comments from actual paperwork saying things. Like people's quotes would say, well, we can't tell everyone because it will do damage to the bottom line. Right. So that tells you. And that isn't... I also don't think that that's an evil person. I think it's someone who is completely disconnected from the people who are affected. This is the problem, right, of a giant corporation. Let's say, let's compare it to like a small town, like a small town. If you're the mayor, right? And someone comes to you and says, this, this street over here has got the biggest holes ever. And all of us, we can't even drive our vehicles on anymore. That mayor probably knows you and your parents and your kids and the bus driver and the guy who delivers the water and everybody else. And it's very close to home. They empathize with you because they know you and they live there. And so they're going to make a move to try to fix it. If you're in a gigantic city where your potholes are three miles away in a neighborhood, the guy you're talking to has never even been to. He might be the mayor, but he's in charge of the whole freaking place, right? He's got streets everywhere with potholes. You no longer register as an actual person to them. You are just a problem that you have to put on a list to get solved. And I really think that happens. And it's easy to go, well, you like, you listen, you're like, well, that's terrible. And then five minutes later, you're on to the next problem. So those people are still driving on that pothole, ruining their vehicles. This isn't the same. I'm just saying it's very easy to separate in this world. There's so many of us. I'm really on my high horse today.
0: You really are. So, this, <laughs> so all that listening. is terrifying. The movie itself, um, it's done in a particular style, and it really reminded me. Of David Fincher's movie, Zodiac, which also mm. happens to star Mark Ruffalo. Um, it's got this gloomy, dingy, like, it's, what would you call it, methodical? Like, yeah. the way it, it operates?
1: It's not gloomy. I mean, I guess I should have thought of it as gloomy. I felt it was very just real.
0: Right, but it feels gloom. Like, you know, when I realized it felt gloomy, I mean, it is gloomy the entire movie, but. When they showed you, like, some behind the scenes in the extras, and it was very bright and daylight here, and then I was like, oh, the real scene in the movie was not like that. It was really, you know, dim. It was very dim. Yeah. It was very shadowy. I mean, they tried to make it seem depressing, I guess, because the subject is pretty, I don't know, it's, it's, it's heavy, isn't it, the subject? All uh, yeah, yeah. The subject covers a long period of time, too.
1: Yep, from 19... Well, we start in 1975 just with a little tiny thing, and then 1998 is when the farmer brought it to their attention, and it's still... Spoiler. But it's still going on today. It's not like it's done. It's still going on. No.
0: And we we kind of leave the movie at, what, 2009?
1: No, 2015.
0: Oh, yeah, 2015. So... Now, that was one problem I had with the movie. I didn't think the age of the characters, like, particularly, they seemed the same.
1: Yeah, I don't think you're supposed to pay attention to that. I mean, the children aged just fine.
0: Yeah, but um, I, there was one point where I was like, I, you know, I I don't feel like five years went by because I was just looking at Matt Ruffalo.
1: Really? Like, In a movie about something so important, you're focused on that?
0: That was one of the things <laughs> that uh, that stuck out to me. Another thing that stuck out to me was I think there were scenes, this might just be to my taste, but that were almost unnecessary and just went on a bit. Oh, like, I disagree. The editing also was a little bit choppy at parts. Like it,
1: Editing, I agree, had a little bit of, yeah.
0: It, um, sometimes I was like, oh, hold on a second. Like, that scene made sense, but who's, what's, how does this relate to that, you know? There's a lot of complicated uh, kind of stuff.
1: I don't know about, I don't think I agree with you on any of this, what you're saying. or
0: he's going through paperwork and then mm. there, then it refers to a date and then it cuts quickly to something else. And I was like, no, I wanted to, um, I wanted to look at that for a bit. You know, that was where I was talking about the editing.
1: Okay. But that was just your own. I didn't feel any of that. I mean, the editing was a bit, not like smooth, but other than that.
0: Well, yeah. Um, but everything else I really liked. I like, I kind of like that gloomy. I like a gloomy looking, you know, like a, that's why it reminded me of David Fincher. David Fincher's films all kind of look like that. And I have some kind of, I I like it. It gives you a certain mood. You can't really be, even in the happy moments of this movie, when somebody, you know, gets something or they wins or they do well in court, it still feels gloomy and like kind of hopeless.
1: Yeah. Because it is. Yeah. I mean, it's got this split thing, right? You feel hopeless and yet you feel like, yeah, but I'm one of the people who would be the whistleblower and that makes me feel hope because I'm not alone, right? I wouldn't be afraid. Now, I've never been up against anything like that except just on small scale with like little smiley supervisors and managers who don't. None of that intimidates me. And so I would be the one like, oh, well, yeah, I'm going to read every p- piece of paper you give me. Like, yeah, I'm going to do it. So that gives me hope. And it also is very uplifting to think this avenue that this guy took and then he had people in his firm that also supported him, thankfully, right? Yeah. That there is hope. You are not just literally all squashed and controlled. It's not. It's not actually Big Brother yet. You know what I mean? Like, we're not just... Minions Or whatever. What would we be in a world where there was actually one entity controlling us all? What are you? You're just...
0: Like ninth, like George Orwell's thing, 1984.
1: Yeah, like you're just puppets doing the work part so that they can reap all the benefits, I guess is the idea.
0: But they, it makes... So that know. sounds
1: bleak, but I think because I believe there are people who will always fight against that, no matter how tough it is, that's a very hopeful thing to me.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the cl- like clinical way this guy goes through everything figures everything out he knows nothing about this situation he doesn't he's not a scientist he's not a, he's just a lawyer right he has to f- understand it all firstly which is complicated in itself when he the first well, that first scene where he picked up that piece of paper and it had all those different like uh chemicals and compounds on it and he was just scanning down it and we were scanning down it with him and you were I bet you must have been like, I don't even know what, like, 30, you know.
1: No. (laughs) I don't know what
0: these things are. And then I was thinking, wow, a lawyer's job is really difficult because he has to research every single thing on there, make sure it belongs on there, make sure it's all correct. Yeah. So that's what I really like. Yeah,
1: and that's what some of those corporations are counting on.
0: That you don't know.
1: That you give up. Mm Mm-hmm that you feel like you're in over your head. And so then they just pat you on the head and go, well, here's some money. So just go away and stop complaining.
0: Yeah. So, um, I liked how it played out. It is, you know, it's not a, like, you know, we just watched Richard Jewell actually which mm-hmm. played in that scenario. And then it's like a, it's kind of like, Hey, at the end, you know, everything's it's not, this doesn't really play out like that. There are some small victories. I feel, you know, within it, but it isn't like a cut and dry thing at the end, is it? It's like, no, you no. just
1: have to accept that or think about your own self. And if this comes up, anything like this comes up in your life, which person are you? Right? Are you the farmer who braves it knowing the whole town's going to turn against you? The whole place is going to turn against you. Are you brave enough and sick and tired of what's happening to just stand up and do something? Or are you the lawyers that we saw at his the guy's firm even who are like... We're not taking on these guys. We want them as a client. We're not going to sue them, right? They're, they're not even thinking on the human level. They're just thinking, like, which person are you? And then kind of, like, go from there. I like that. To me, again, that makes me feel like...
0: The farmer's story was horrible because yeah. his, his livestock were drinking the water that DuPont knew was completely contaminated. Over time, is, they were getting sick and stuff. But also, aside from that, himself and his wife had cancer because
1: of this. And loads of people apparently did.
0: And his two children, you know, were in, right in the risk. They were drinking water. from, You know, it's just horrible. And then, you know, he starts dying. And you're like, there's a company who knows about this just letting shit happen. Like, people dying. And, and then you like to think, well, surely this is a one-off it really isn't is it no, 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 I mean, all companies are like after you know, we' get a test stuff
1: yeah, I don't believe i again, I don't believe it's out of like, hey, how many people can we kill and make a bunch of money and make misery in the world? I really don't believe that that's at the heart of anyone, no, but when you are so um like dangling money in front of you, money prestige reputation, a nicer car, a nicer house, or just a better life that you your if that's your motivation, it starts to immediately separate you from other things. Like maybe some good choices and the health and well-being of other people. And it's very easy for you to then turn on them and go, you know what? Hey, if you want to get out of that shithole with the poison, just pick up and move. Yeah. It's not my not my choice. It's your choice to stay there instead of saying like, whoa, I'm gonna give up some of my money maybe, to try to figure out how to... I mean, I just... And I don't I don't judge that, a person choosing to want to make money. But there is a line, right? There's that line that I don't know. I don't know where it exists and how you resolve it, but I think it happens a lot.
0: So let's move on to the cast here. Mark Ruffalo is the star, plays Rob a lot. How did you like Mark?
1: Oh, he's fantastic.
0: He's um, got that... i buy him in the... I mean, we've seen, what have we seen him in? Oh, the Zodiac is a good Mm -hmm. one, too. Zodiac's another one where he's like, you know, examining things.
1: No, that's not him.
0: Slowly going through.
1: That's Gyllenhaal.
0: Yeah, but Mark Ruffalo was in it, too.
1: Yeah, but he's not the guy examining all the stuff.
0: What was he doing? I thought he was
1: a cop. I don't think so. I don't know, but I, he wasn't the guy doing like what Gyllenhaal was doing. He was the one getting obsessed with it, remember?
0: I, I, I'm not a massive fan of Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. <laughs> Even though I really like Marvel stuff. And I didn't really, I never really love him as the Hulk. Don't know why. But um, I like him when he has to... See, in this movie, he's very quiet and he's very, like, thinky.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think he does that the best. Which I, I I mean you could say that the Hulk, Bruce Banner, is that as well. True. But the way that Marvel play him, he's kinda of wisecracky a little bit and I never quite got in with that. But I think he's really good in this movie. Especially like towards the end where he's you know, where he's figuring out, I think I'm I think I've cracked this whole thing, like mm-hmm. I, you know. And it
1: I, scares the crap out of him. Yeah. Like at that one moment where he's like, Oh god, he remembers seeing the girl's teeth and then the cow's teeth, and being like Wait, 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 wait. Like, your brain can't process. Like, it, that can't be right.
0: Yeah, like, and you're like... That can't be is right. Is it as simple as that? Like, is exactly. that the thing that's going to win this, you know? Um. So Anne Hathaway plays his wife, Sarah. Uh, always like her. I, I really... I always like her apart from in The Hustle. All
1: uh, right.
0: The, I mean, she was okay in The Hustle, but what a movie... What, what kind of movie? Why would she do that movie? <laughs> <laughs> What do you think of her as Sarah here? Yeah.
1: She was fine. I mean, she I like her, so I kind of got the... We didn't get a lot about her, but understanding she just wanted to keep going. She was willing to accept that he was giving his whole life to this, but there was a breaking point, obviously, you know, frustrated. You are now number two on the list of what's important in his life, and I think she did a good job of portraying the wife who accepts this. But yeah. now <laughs> I'm pissed off, you know. So I liked it.
0: Uh, we got Tim Robbins as Tom Turp. I don't really he's, re- good. he's good, right? He's authoritative. Don't, he's not in it a bunch, to be honest, right?
1: He's Andy Dufresne.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill Pullman. I love Bill Pullman. Oh yeah. I, I think I I I always like him whenever he turns up. What was the movie
1: today? Is it? Da-da. He was always the president. Yeah.
0: The Last Seduction is the movie I ah, love. Ah, right. Um, I just love him. I think he's really good, and in this too, he's not. I was like oh, Bill Pullman sometimes. I think, oh, he's just being Bill Pullman. But in this, I fa- he was doing something different. He was being that. Oh guy.
1: yeah, I feel like that Southern fried yeah. lawyer guy. Yeah. yeah,
0: and he was doing like in, like body language was different. He was just you know, and Bill Camp, who I'm becoming a massive fan of, to be honest, after <laughs> The Outsider. Yep. Um, he plays Wilbur Tennant, and he's the guy. You know, the farmer guy.
1: And why are you falling in love with him?
0: I just think he's a really good actor. You know, after The Outsider, he played this lawyer. And he's got this kind of, like, powerful kind of quiet. He plays it quiet, but he's you know that he's, like, got a presence and he's powerful. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's how he comes across to me. And I'm just becoming a really big fan of him. Um, I would like to see him in something like the Fargo TV show, where he could really like, flex, you know, (laughs) and be, like, a big character. Um, But he was good in this, too, apart from, like, they'd stuck some weird eyebrows on him. I don't don't know why they did that.
1: Maybe the real guy looked like that. Yeah,
0: but they looked a bit weird. (laughs) Um, Uh,
1: I've seen some bushy-ass eyebrows on Monday.
0: Yeah, those were some real bushy-ass eyebrows, though. So this is directed by Todd Haynes. Again,
1: you're paying attention to the eyebrows and the aging.
0: They were putting me (laughs) off those eyebrows. (laughs) Uh this director Todd Haynes, he directed Velvet Goldmine. You remember that movie?
1: Velvet Goldmine. What was it?
0: I, th- I believe. Oh. Uh, uh. The um train spotting. Um Ewan McGregor was in it, I believe.
1: Right, but what was it? It's
0: was like a rock kind of rock band kind of thing. I don't know. Uh he, was, he Todd Haynes also directed Far From Heaven which is a movie with Julianne Moore. Do you remember that one? No. He also directed Carol and I'm Not There, which is that weird movie that Joaquin Phoenix went and did. Do you remember that one?
1: You mean I Was Never Really Here?
0: Oh, maybe that's not
1: it. I Was Never Really Here is the one Joaquin Phoenix was in.
0: No, I'm Not There is the one where he went off for two years and pretended to be somebody else, and then they made this like weird documentary about him.
1: Oh, no, I've not seen that. That's that one, though. Okay yeah so
0: director Todd Haynes has done various weird things here. He's an independent filmmaker really. This is his first i was reading first big studio movie. So how did you like
1: his directing? I mean, it's very functional. There's nothing um fancied up about any of the camera work other than when the guy's having like a almost a stroke and then you do like he's doing like the thing where he might be we might be experiencing what he was experiencing other than that it's just very functional. Yeah. It's a little um, like a Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> yeah. Lots of two shots, a couple of close ups here and there, but it's very functional.
0: It is pretty much like a Clint Eastwood. Actually, Richard Jewell, what we just watched, is a good example. It's kind of like that, the way it is portrayed.
1: What did you call that movie? The Velvet Golden Something?
0: Velvet Gold Mine. <laughs> oh, why? I was so close. Velvet Golden Something. <laughs> I, th- I think it's Ewan McGregor, if I'm not mistaken.
1: 1998, Ewan McGregor. Yep. Jonathan Reese Myers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't know it.
0: What does it say it's about?
1: Nineteen eighty four. British journalist Arthur Stewart investigates the career of nineteen seventies glam superstar Brian Slade, that's who it. was heavily influenced by his early years by hard living and rebellious American singer Kurt Wilde.
0: Yep, that's it. Okay. Maybe you didn't see it.
1: Uh no, I did not see it.
0: Uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting. It's kind of weird. So um I Christian reviews.
1: Bale, Tony Collette. Uh, Jonathan Reese Myers who is he? That sounds familiar. Oh, um, yeah. Kinda, you know him if you look at him. Kinda, yep. Eddie Izzard.
0: Yep, you know him. He's a comedian from Britain.
1: Michael Frost, Janet McTeer, da 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 So there you go. There's a, there's a bonus of a recommendation for you.
0: <laughs> Alright, so what are the IMDb reviews?
1: You like to find the one-star reviews and then make a funny voice and make fun of the people who write one-star reviews when you really like the movie. If you don't like the movie, the one-star reviews just basically confirm what you already think. So either way, it's a win-win situation.
0: And the people who wrote one-star reviews of this movie were prob- it's probably too boring for them, or they just don't like real-life things. Or... Well,
1: somebody's going to say it's a waste of their time, uh, it's too slow, blah, blah, blah. All right,
0: let's start with this one then. Mark Ruffalo is no Julia Roberts. Come on. Too long. I think they're referring to Aaron Brockovich.
1: Yeah. <laughs> come,
0: come on, too long. And from the from the little I read, highly dramatized, this movie seems like it was completed in one take. No, that's 1917 you're talking about. There. <laughs> um, this person says, I haven't seen a movie that sucked this much since a friend made me see Expendables 2. Hmm. This one says, This movie is just Hollywood propaganda disguised as a movie. They didn't forget to hand out victim cards to the women in this movie either. Oh,
1: God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) People have a way of turning every movie into a man-hater movie? I don't get it.
0: This movie says... I don't get it. This guy didn't watch this movie, obviously. He watched a different one. Okay. Um, And it's quite funny (laughs) because I was like, what? What? All right, this guy says, this All this movie is, is Mark Ruffalo flying around the world in a private jet to speak about the importance of this situation. It's so boring, and the jet scenes are really badly done CG.
1: What? Yeah, that is not this movie. First are- off,
0: let me tell you. There isn't a jet in this movie at all.
1: No. There's no flying even. (laughs) Secondly,
0: Mark Ruffalo never flies anywhere to talk about the importance of this. What does he
1: do? He drives his shitty little car.
0: Yes. So I have no idea what he saw, but it is not this movie. Oh, actually they finish off by saying this review was from a woman of color. So woman of color. You didn't actually watch this movie.
1: No, unfortunately.
0: I'd like to see the movie where Matt Ruffalo flies around talking about the importance of the subject. Wait a minute, are they
1: combining like Marvel movies with this? Because he's on a couple jets and a spaceship in those movies.
0: Mm, I'm not sure he's going around (laughs) talking about the importance. (laughs) I'm saying, did she
1: combine them? And do we know if that's really what... it, It could be a lie, too. I don't believe anybody's anything anymore. It's so discouraging, that, that I think people are so full of shit. But Whatever. So
0: that, are the, no, the that includes IMDb me, by the way. Reviews. Um, there are extras on the Blu-ray. There are just three. They're very brief as well, like just short. There's one called Discovering... Sorry, Uncovering Dark Waters. The cost of being a hero and the real people. And we didn't mention some of the real people are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Not as main players, really, but mostly as, you know, you'll just... You have that feeling while you're watching the movie. Hmm, that seems like a real person. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> and there are... Several real people in there, uh, so the extras are mm, they're just just little promotional pieces. They're not great, to be honest. So uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I liked it. Aside from what I said, did you enjoy it? I mean, it's I, weird to say enjoy. Yeah,
1: I mean. it's a tough one to enjoy, but it's well made. It got me to do a little research of my own, which is always a good thing about a real life situation. Did you go to the site about that compares them? I did. Hollywood. History versus Hollywood. Okay. That's where I got a lot of my information. Okay. Now, I'm not saying they're 100% accurate either, but I've come to trust them over time, but I don't know. We don't know. We don't know. I don't know. But I feel like it's one of those movies that just gets in your head that this whole entire group of people made that wrote the story. It's based on a book about the situation. And so, you know, someone didn't shut them down, right? So that's hopeful. Yeah. This movie exists. And you said when this movie was released, Dupont's stock went down. Is that the truth? That is is the
0: truth from history versus Hollywood. If they are to be trusted,
1: (laughs) we're so cynical. (laughs) (laughs) If they're to be trusted, but and I get that too. But then, if the company is full of people who truly want to make it right and just keep going, that's fine too. I mean, it's it's a tough thing, but I appreciate it for that. I thought it looked nice. It was a little dull. That could be my eyeballs. But it need a little more contrast visually, but that's just me. I Other think than it's that- just
0: like I say, I think that's the way it was. It's kind of a flat, gloomy looking image most of the time. Mm. And it's just that is one of the things that I kind of like about it, because it really puts you in a kind of a certain feeling. There's nothing I don't know, it doesn't feel very hopeful most of the time, but then when this man gets on the case. I like kind of the way that they don't play him out like a hero though. They play him out more like this guy's dedicated and he's just singularly focused and he figures it out. They don't do it like he's like some superhero that figures it out. Correct. So I I do like that because it feels more realistic. So um, I guess we recommend it then.
1: Yeah. I mean, everybody, some people would hate it, so I don't know.
0: So thank you to universal for letting us review this movie. Next week we'll review another movie, but I'll decide what it is sometime this week.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: Um, movie recommendations. Are you to be
1: trusted? Should we trust you with this responsibility? I don't Always. know. Do you trust know. me after this week
0: I chose this movie?
1: I don't know. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> All right, so uh, movie recommendations, I am going with our two leading people here. My favorite film from Matt Ruffalo is Zodiac. It's a David Fincher film. It's about 3 hours long. It's really awesome. You like it?
1: Yes, it's intense. Yeah. Well made. It's got it's got the a little more of a style to it obviously. So, yeah.
0: There's not enough David Fincher films, I was just thinking. We need more. <laughs> David, get on that. <laughs> and my uh, other one is uh, my favorite Anne Hathaway film and it's a bit more fluffy than all the things I'm talking about and it's Ella Enchanted.
1: I love Ella Enchanted. I really do. It's really fun. It's just one of those fun, yeah.
0: Like you know like Elf is fun it's in that same kind of vein as the way Elf is fun. Cuz she's yeah. a fish out of water kind of thing. I like the fish out of water thing. It's the it's one of my favorite things in comedy stuff. You know. She's out of water. She's she belonged in a what did she belong in? A animated musical. And then she's in the real world.
1: <laughs> Ella Enchanted? Yeah. No, that was the other one. Was it?
0: It may maybe. maybe. Enchanted is
1: the one who she's got to go. She meets all the giants and all that stuff. The one you're talking about is like Once Upon a Time or something? Is that
0: the one with... that Scott? got... The,
1: the lady from the show you loved. Yes, from Sharp Objects. Sharp Objects. She's in the other one. All right, so I like Ellen. both of those movies. <laughs> Forgive one. me, it's been a while. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. With the one... Oh, what's her name? Julie? Julia? From Sharper Objects. I mean, she's like, Amy what? Adams. Amy Adams. <laughs> I'm delirious. Yeah. I need some carbohydrates.
0: <laughs> I like the Amy Adams uh, movie, Ella Enchanted. Is that wrong? No. Right.
1: Ella Enchanted is the one you're, you're right. Yes. This lady is in that one. Right. Amy Adams is in the other one.
0: <laughs> is it called Enchanted, the other one? Just I Enchanted.
1: <laughs> I'm going to have to look it up.
0: Amy Adams is in the movie Sharp Objects, which was actually a TV show. TV show. And she is, like, an animated character, and then she's, like, in the real world, <laughs> and then she's doing
1: some drugs. Is that right? Don't give it away. Don't tell them about it. It's, it's a little depressing, but it's a good show. So what are your... Um... Enchanted.
0: See? That's, you can Just, see how I got that mixed up.
1: Yes. Just Enchanted is yep. the name of the movie she's in. Right. Ella Enchanted. Is this lady?
0: Yeah, now I can, now I can see them both in my mind. And Enchanted is the one I like. So sorry for that other Hathaway. Other <laughs> Enchanted is good as well, but yes, it's no very enchanted. good. It's
1: really that's the one I thought you were talking about. So it's I like
0: no it. Enchanted. <laughs> all, right. all right, so and what,
1: mine are. Is that are you asking me? Yes. Okay, mine are. I'm for 2020. I'm going back a hundred years and fifty years in cinema, movies, whatever. Not the snobby way, like oh, the greatest movies of all time, but just movies that were out. In those years. And from 1920, I have Last of the Mohicans. And from 1970, A Man Called Horse. So there you go.
0: What are they? I don't know. (laughs) I mean, you know the Last of the Mohicans.
1: Yeah, but not from 1920. No. So you just look it up. Last of the Mohicans, 1920, A Man Called Horse. I know that one. I've actually
0: heard of that one, weirdly. And that one
1: is 1970. 1970. So look them up. I can't account for the content of any of these movies. Did A Man Called
0: Horse have James Coburn in it?
1: That sounds right.
0: Because if it did, I think I've seen it. Okay. All
1: right. Do you recommend it? Is really the bottom line.
0: It was probably 40 years ago when I saw it. 50
1: years ago? Were you not listening?
0: No, I saw it 40 Um, years ago. Right. I was listening. Were (laughs) you listening?
1: Just ever so slightly.
0: All right, so um Collie stuff. I've been playing some more Half-Life Alex in VR. And last week when I told you that I felt sick after playing it. Well, here's a little tip for you. In the control schemes for this game, options and then control schemes, there are different control methods. And the full control method, which I was switched to, where you just wander around, that made me feel really sick. I switched it to the blink control method, and it doesn't bother me at all. So if you... um are scared of playing this game because you might feel sick change it to the blink control method that's a different method you kind of point to where you want to go and then you kind of teleport to there instead of walking smoothly motion sickness in vr comes from walking smoothly in vr but actually standing on the spot your brain kind of goes why am i not why am i moving forward very fast but like nothing's happening to my body that's what it thinks So the teleporting kind of solves that. But teleporting kind of removes you from the immersion a little bit because it's weird. Because in real life, you don't point somewhere and suddenly turn up there. So it's kind of a compromise. But the game's really cool. I'm really enjoying the puzzles. If you play Fortnite and you've got the Battle Pass, you should play it this week. Because yesterday I was playing along and I unlocked the Marvel Deadpool skin. It's um, got to do a couple of things to unlock it, but they're kind of like little fun missions. And then you unlock it, and it's the actual... It's Deadpool. If you like Deadpool, you get him, for, you get him right in there. And uh, you also get his weapons and his... Just everything surrounding him. He's also... You know, when you said to me, does he say stuff? He, he does say stuff. There's lots of lines. Mm. And they're um, from Ryan Reynolds. Uh, Deadpool is in Fortnite. And finally, we finished Ozark season three. And I would think it was my favorite season. What do you think?
1: Um, I don't know about that. I think I see it all as one big thing, so...
0: But if you were to not see it as one big thing.
1: But I can't unsee it all. So no, I see it all as one thing. And um, I just think it's one big thing. It's fantastic.
0: I think... the guy who plays ward from iron fist i think he's called tom pelfrey i think he made this season amazing and i think he's like a when he was playing this character in the show he's like a force of nature he's like he's just really that character Mm -hmm. and uh, i was really into him tom pelfrey if you don't know who he is he was in iron fist and he's also in ozark so what's for dinner
1: well, what do you think? What do you want? Impossible. What do you demand of me? Even though my health is at risk.
0: Impossible Whopper. Correct. Yes.
1: If they're still open and if they're still serving, uh, we've
0: had some weird impossible. One week they, what did they have? Oh, one time they only had one. That was last week. And then another time they only they didn't <laughs> I have I drove up, tomatoes.
1: ordered, and they go, "Oh, we're sorry, we don't have any more Whopper meat." And I said, that's okay. I just want, because I ordered the impossible whopper. I thought she misheard me. Oh, no, we only have one of those. Our grill is also <laughs> broken. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll take it. And then everything else was wrong. They no, gave me the also, wrong.
0: Also, the one burger didn't have any tomatoes. tomatoes.
1: The salads had no tomatoes. They gave me the wrong salad. I understand it's fast food is super complicated. Yes. I wouldn't want to do that job. I've done food before. It's difficult, but geez louise. So we'll give him another chance, but tonight I will probably insist that uh, they count my meal. Yes, insist. We'll see. see. It's a rough time in the world. Just say you're
0: not going to (laughs) move.
1: Yeah, I'm going to sit in this driveway. No, (laughs) I wouldn't do that. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt.
0: All right, so give us your advice and then we'll get out of
1: it. My advice is, and this is going to rub some people the wrong way, but that's really kind of my thing. Um, I understand the world is unlike a world any of us have lived in right this minute. That is, that's just the way it is, right? Again, think about it. We have no control. We're only listening to what people are telling us. We can't, there's going to be some whistleblowers like years from now about this whole situation. Don't you imagine? About information and the dissemination of information, the truth and the reality of all the stuff. But for right now, it is what it is. And I know that a lot of people are quarantined or staying home and you're not going out, you're not going to work, you're not going to the bar every night, you're not going to meet your friends, you canceled your wedding, you canceled your graduation. All that sucks. I get it. I really do. I'm not a social person. Our life has basically gone unchanged except... I don't go to the store as much. Today I went to a store that I love, but as I sat in the parking lot watching, like 17 people walked in. Two people had masks. They were old, very old people with their little walking canes. They had masks on. No one else did. And the parking lot was full. And it's a very small store. And I thought, never in my life have I had this thought. Hmm. I don't want to go in because I'm really going to be close to too many people. Now... I should say that it's not 100% true because I've pulled up to the parking lot of stores before and saw how busy they were and then chose not to go in just because I don't like a lot of people around anyway, right? But in this situation, I'm like, I want to go to a bigger store where I know I can have space between me and the people. Because who knows? Coughing and touching and breathing and whatever. And I don't want to be, None, neither of us are sick. I'm not afraid of getting sick. That part doesn't worry me. But I don't want to be the weak link because I'm in one of those quote unquote essential people at my job. So I have to physically go there every week. I don't want to be the person who, because I'm reckless or careless beyond like my normal functioning in life, has brought, you know, this to everyone. So I'm being mindful of that. Um, but that doesn't depress me. I'm not depressed about being at home for days in a row. It doesn't bother me to not go in my favorite store. It doesn't bother me to communicate with loved ones on digital because that's what we always do. I like being isolated. I like being alone. I'm not a hugger. I'm not a toucher. I'm not any of those things. And so being in this situation, even if I wasn't going to work, it probably wouldn't bother me. The situation bothers me, right? It's a very terrible situation, but the about being locked down doesn't bother me. And I think a lot of people are going to feel pressured to be depressed and sad and upset and all that because everyone else is talking about how sad and depressed they are about being at home all the time. You don't have to be. If you enjoy being at your house with your spouse, which I do, or your children and everyone's getting along okay and you're finding new ways of doing things or whatever, if it's actually been a positive experience just in that aspect, nothing else, don't, don't feel bad about it. Like, that's a good thing, right? You don't have to get on the I'm so depressed train just because everyone else, and, and then if you say to people, I kind of like it, you get this look like, oh, must be nice. Well, it is kind of, like, if you bitched all the time about being busy and having to run, 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 and now you're staying at home and you're bitching about staying at home, maybe the problem is you right? Not all the shit going on in your life. So I just think don't be depressed or sad about being in quarantine if it doesn't depress you or make you sad. Don't let the world situation depress you if you have a different point of view. Don't be glad about the world falling apart. But I mean, if you look at it from a different angle and you've thought about it, I think about things, it's tragic, people dying of something that wouldn't They wouldn't have died from otherwise, right? So those are all people who would still be alive if it wasn't for this specific thing. That's terrible. All the sadness and all the everything going on because of it's terrible. You feel bad about that. And also distance yourself and say, this is a big world. It's been around for millions of years. And in this moment in time, we will do what we can to just get through it as a group, as a family. We, I mean... I hate to break it to you, but humans—we're all one big family, right? We are. Fun. We are, and and then in a year, and five years, and ten years, and a hundred years, and a thousand years, it will have been a thing that happened, and there will still be people, and there will still be roads, and there will still be businesses, and there will still be movies, and there'll still be shitheads who want to capitalize, and that's the way it goes, and it's all—it's also okay to look at it that way, not being devastated. Is not a, it's not like a negative. I don't think, but I don't even know what. There's no advice in there. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it. <laughs> I said I'm on the high horse. I'm climbing down now. I'm done for the day.
0: Get off the soapbox. <laughs> okay. Onto the carpet.
1: What <laughs> right. is that carpet? Got Teflon on it? Probably it does. Because you know what, this carpet <clears throat> came from 1971.
0: This carpet is probably just just made of Teflon. The whole really? thing. So um. Let's say you can go to aschoolie.com to experience everything related to this podcast. You can go to Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. You can get the podcast on Google Play, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, iTunes, smart speakers. Just say to your smart speaker, listen to After The Show podcast on TuneIn. It will play you the latest episode. Email feedback to me at ascully, com. And stay classy. I was going to say DuPont, but that's not very no. classy what's going on in here.
1: I mean, there's going to be classy people at DuPont. It's just it's just like all the other big ones. There has to be some balance.
0: So I'm going to change it up and say, stay classy, Mr. Mark Ruffalo.
1: And the guy who he played.
0: And you don't want to make him angry. Rob
1: Billet. Because he's still going. He's still doing the that fight. That
0: guy is still doing the good work.
1: Yep. So good work. And I'm going to say think for yourself. Oh my god, has this never been so important? Don't believe everything you read. Think for yourself or someone will do it for you.